This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Well, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm good, Jake. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I, I missed a bit in that in that start, didn't I? Normally, I you say missed a, a large chunk. A large <laughs> chunk. Normally, I say that this is a podcast where we take plays, films, and more that have never been staged before or are never likely to be staged again, and we talk about how we'd stage them. Um, Which is what we do. That is what we do, and we still do that. But we're and we've even got a couple of episodes in the bank that may or may not have already come out when you hear this. Yes. Uh, but but we're we're thinking about expanding our horizons a little bit, aren't we, Caleb? Yeah, we think it's New Year, new us. It's twenty twenty two. That we're taking the pod in a slightly <laughs> new year. It's different... March. <laughs> yeah, I know. But we it's a new year for us. We've not we've not podded in twenty twenty two yet. That's true. That's twenty twenty true. Uh, oh man <laughs> we, we're thinking about taking the podcast in a, a slightly new slightly more broad direction yeah i think we're just we're thinking about just adaptation as a more general topic so we're still interested in in putting things on stage but we're also interested in just like you know uh i don't know any just any piece of of storytelling and how we might be able to tell that story in a different way, whether that is through film or theatre or a video game or a song or um, just a or a poem or just you know telling your nan. Um, a Twitter thread. Twitter th- Twitter thread is where most store I get most of my stories from. So <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Uh, Reddit post. Um, just a- yeah anything really um in this modern world of of stories and telling them uh yeah so well, that's the plan. we we realized that we we are as m- most you know re- long time listeners will uh know we we're, we're pretty preoccupied with the idea of storytelling and how how stories can best be told and for us often that is on stage through a, like a certain style of creating theater and that's really exciting but we also we think some stories are better not on stage and that's something we want to be open to talking about we also think some stories are not told through fil- films and we have most of our episodes are adaptations of films so we want to just open up to being able to adapt anything to anything just a way of taking a story and going what if we did it like this instead of the way it's been done before exactly exactly and to demonstrate such a thing we thought we'd do something <laughs> relatively stupid for the first attack of this <laughs> um which is the um and here's all i know caleb has a story something a yes. story you've been told and yes. we're gonna talk about that story and I know yes. nothing else. <laughs> I I do not know what this is. The title of this episode <laughs> to me is as yet untitled with Alan Davies. It I don't so, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, basically I, I've got, I have an anecdote that someone has told me. Uh, I should give a little backstory to the way I was told the anecdote. Okay. Framing, if you will. Go for it. <clears throat> so we over the summer and we continue to work on a project a play called pleading stupidity yes which is telling the true story of two australian boys who robbed the bank on their gap year in colorado and it's uh, a very fun very silly story uh but ever since i've gone around telling people this is the play that you know i've written and i've worked on with my company and and that we've put on you know stage and all this stuff people keep just telling me the craziest true stories that are vaguely related to that as an idea or as a theme, right? <laughs> of like <laughs> some kind of robbery that goes wrong. Which is amazing because um, it's like, that's like how conversations work, right? Because like if I said to yeah. you, oh, um, 
my brother went to university for the first time this week. You might go, oh, I remember when I did that. And here was my first. And it's like that. And that, that's generally how conversations work. But in yes, this particular yeah. instance of like, yes, I've written this crazy story about bank robbery in America 10 years ago. I, I didn't. It's surprising to me that people go, oh, yeah, I have one of those. Like, <laughs> yeah, that makes me think of this thing. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, this uh, was a story told to me by uh, a family friend who originates from Wigan. And the story is set in Wigan. And he's telling me this story about, you know, his, uh, you know, the drinking buddies of his dad uh, in Wigan. And he's saying that, like, you know, one of the first times he went to the pub, he met a bunch of his dad's mates. And one of them, they all called Twix. And uh, he couldn't work out why they called this guy Twix. So uh, he asked his, you know, he asked his dad, his dad, oh, you can ask Twix, you know, why we all call him that. So he asked this guy and basically uh, it turns out, and I'm almost certainly butchering a lot of this because I'm, I'm very light on details here. But basically it turns out this guy had robbed a a store and had gone to prison for five years, okay? Now, the way he robbed the store, he was very tight for cash. I think this must have been in, I don't know, the the 70s or the 80s, all right? He's in Wigan. He's very tight for cash. He's very desperate. So he goes and he robs a carpet store. And the way he does it is he has a Mars bar in his pocket and he, he makes it look like he's got a gun. No way, no way have you... Uh, that's such a twist already where we've gone from twix to mars bar <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So anyway so he's got a he's got a mars bar in his pocket and he's making it look like he's got a gun in right, his pocket okay. right classic that, to hold up this carpet store uh the carpet store has about 250 pounds in its you know um what do you call it register Cash machine or whatever yeah. register yeah. oh my word which in, in 1970s anyway. money that's what like 10 million pounds today no <laughs> uh, uh, basically oh maybe it was like the equivalent of 250 basically it was not very much money at all anyway it's a little, so little he obviously inflation humor for you there <laughs> basically he um he like they pretty quickly realized he's just got a mars bar in his pocket right <laughs> i mean for one it was probably melting by this time anyway <laughs> and so <laughs> He gets arrested. Uh, you know, he gets done for attempted armed robbery or something. Yeah. Although I guess he wasn't. He was armed with a Mars bar. He goes to jail for five years. He comes out, and um, all of his friends start calling him Twix uh, because they told him he should have used a Twix because then it would have looked like he had a double barrel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my story. My proposed title for the episode is a man named Twix. Any questions? <laughs> I have so many yet so few. <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, I say any questions. I think I have zero answers. But... <laughs> who? So who are these people who've decided to nickname him Twix? They're they're his just his mates they're from all, school. Yeah, it's like drinking buddies that he goes to the pub with and stuff. You and know? he's been in prison for five years. Is, is it like a bit of a, a rough crowd? Or is that quite regular for them all to have gone to, for, to prison? No, I don't, I don't think it is necessarily. Um, no. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it was unusual that he had gone to prison. I mean, this is a this is like a sort of 80s, like working class Wigan community though, right? Mm-hmm. So like... Um, there, w- there would have been an understanding that the law was not their friend, right? Yeah, um, okay. And, and so I think that that's probably where some of it comes from. But this is, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty good joke. So I, he's, I don't know, but honestly, I don't know this guy. I literally, this is a story. This is hearsay of hearsay of hearsay at this point. So uh, I don't even know. That's the best way to tell him. Well, there are some beautiful details in this story, clearly. Yes. Uh, but I guess whatever, whatever we do... Um, we're going to be doing and it's worth mentioning this because it is a true story and this is something we think about a lot with true stories we're going to be doing a lot of projecting our own themes our own ideas onto what is like some details but like a pretty paper thin story so far yeah absolutely absolutely twit what a great yeah did you did you have a nickname at school not at school i did have a nickname at university as you well know uh of course (laughs) i became there was a pretty uh, there was there was a kebab van near our first year accommodation that was quite well known and i on multiple occasions at the end of a night would 
order two wraps, uh, two chicken wraps from this kebab van. And so I got the nickname, which stands to this day of two wrap. Um, and I, yeah, can't shake it, but you know, can't, and- can't beat them, join them. Uh, so I've kind of taken it on. And and, it, and there's this, there's a little song that goes along with that, isn't there, or, or a rap? Is it? <laughs> oh, I I think there is both a poem, uh, <laughs> yes. and there is actually a song. <laughs> I, I'm I, willing to read you the poem. I'm I, willing to sing you the song, but it has to be cut from the podcast. I don't want it on there. You don't want the poem or the song, or you don't want the song. I I don't want the song. I don't mind about the poem. Oh, let's 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 hear the poem. Let's hear the poem. Okay, we, I think we can also cut it. We can cut it for time. I th- I think the poem has been calling out for public recitation for many many a year. Yeah. Well, uh, interestingly enough, um, I'm I'm actually at a spoken word evening tomorrow, an open mic spoken word evening Excellent. for the first time since before the pandemic, and I probably will read this poem. So yeah, I have this nickname too. Rap. Me and my friends often talked about the idea of starting a shop where you just sold two wraps that you could call two wraps, two wrap shack. And this is a poem basically uh, envisaging a world in which two wraps, two wrap shack exists. All right. Welcome to two wraps, two wrap shack, the one stop shop with all the top nosh one can squash in. We cop some flack for only making one snack that a lot of people can't hack. If you don't think you'll crack, then don't hold back. Order yourself the two wraps, two wrap shack, two wrap stack attack, the snack to keep the hunger back or your money back. You see, we don't slack. This wrap is no trap. It's a stack of two wraps made by two wrap and we call it attack because there's a knack to packing all that snack into two jam packed wraps. Now you don't need to be a wise crack to think cardiac when we rack up so many calories in one whack. You'd be a maniac to not track the nutritional drawback. The proverbial smack in the face might suggest we lack the tact to not have setbacks what kind of quack doesn't though we suggest you cut back during the week then let us hijack your snack regime for the afternoon or flash back to the mention of flack not everyone can handle this snack we racked our brains had a little stay in a mental bivouac we devised the two wraps two wrap shack two wrap stack attack plaque to be given to those who ransack and aren't set back or sidetracked by a couple large wraps we reward those not taken aback that present a counter-attack to the initial snack attack and thwack away any semblance of lack of ability to finish their meal there are factors beyond that though food waste is a fact we face that's why we've replaced our old policy of packing all leftover wraps not consumed while snacking and sending them on horseback to the back of beyond to rot and not be eaten we saw the drawbacks and now have a more laid-back approach in the shack can't hack the stack here's a knapsack to pack what's left of the wrap so you can get back to the track of your day and snack as you go on your way here at two wraps two wrap shack we pride ourselves on giving back that's why you don't have to wait till you crack just let us know as soon as you need that knapsack to go if you brought your own backpack we'll even give you a few pence back so come on down to two wraps two wrap shack try the two wraps two wrap shack two wrap stack attack the snack to keep the hunger back try for the plaque if you can't take it packed and don't forget on your way out we appreciate your feedback what i what i witnessed as i read as i read that poem was jake going isn't this a funny idea get caleb to read his poem on the podcast and then immediately going i've heard this podcast this poem so many times before why don't i get to read this out because the listeners haven't the listeners haven't and it was uh, and it's yeah, excellent yeah. you what do you know okay, what you in my face is me going i i have reacted to this already in yeah, private yeah. And so I have yeah, nothing exactly. to say to it in public other than, other than that it is excellent. Um, I, was, I love how you didn't take a breath between the last word of the poem and your uh, complaint about no. my reaction to it. <laughs> so you can't edit it out. That's yeah, right. yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all part of the game. So, have I ever told you about, about my, my nickname at school? No, so, I really didn't ask. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'm just doing all the hosting work here. It's all right. Um, so I'm, <laughs> uh, so at, at school, I was in a very small year group. Um, so there weren't very many double names, people with the same name mm. as each other. Uh, but I was one in, in one of those double naming pairs. Um, and so there was another boy called Jake in, in the school. And he was infinitely more popular than me. Uh, he was like captain of the rugby team, uh, you know, all of the things that make you cool. Um, I can't think. Yeah, of but else. but Jake, does he have a podcast? <laughs> no, no. Which is why now I've like I'm calling him now, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm definitely not. Um, so uh, this 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 guy. Um, because he was really good at rugby, he had the nickname Steen, which I believe is a reference to a rugby player of some kind. Um, I okay. don't know anything else other than that. Okay. I, I was smaller than this this guy, um, and so my nickname was Mini Steen, which, you know, 
<laughs> the word derivative comes to mind. Um, but <laughs> but um, it went a lot further than that. Um, it at some point for some reason I think we were we were maybe in French class, and we were there was a, a man in French class called called uh, Stephen. Um, and you know, on the on the oral listening sort of bit, like yeah. tapes, uh, and he, I think he sounded a bit like me or something. Uh, but for whatever reason, <laughs> Steen became Stephen, and I became Mini Stephen. Um, but that didn't last very long, because then we were in geography class. Um, this I was yeah. about ten years old at this point, and in geography class, um, if you remember your key stage two geography, you might remember something called a mini uh, no something called a Stevenson screen. I've I've, be- I've uh, Giving it away there. Um, you, 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 you might remember something called a Stevenson screen, which is like a box where you put your weather recording instruments in. Like there's like a mirror in there and like a, right. a humidity measurer and a thermometer and all that kind of stuff. Um, and some genius in my class noticed the, the Steven part of Stevenson screen. And awesome. so my name became mini stevenson screen and i was called that for a full two years um which oh you may word. notice is several syllables longer than jake <laughs> yes <laughs> um, what a mouthful um a bit of a mouthful and not only was that my nickname it also came with a tune um and a hand movement which i can't re- i can describe um you you have to put your your hand over your mouth uh, with a flat palm and then move your head up and down along with the tune as you stay as you say mini stevenson screen like that um once more mini stevenson screen and that was my name for two years um that was how people would address me um and that's why i do a podcast that Um, is that is one of (laughs) that is one of the most uh indulgent luxurious nicknames i've ever heard of like how how bizarre to go as far as to like add a tune and a hand movement to just literally speaking to this like a a child another child that's incredible you went to school some really cool people yeah that's right that's right uh it was it was a real cool school um Anyway, it's interesting that you, you were one of two Jakes in in your year or the whole school. In my year, in my year. Oh yeah, because at one time yeah, we had yeah. seven Jameses in my year. Wow, it was it yeah. was a very it was this was at primary school. It was a very small primary school. Uh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So that that sort of explains it, I think. Um, anyway, that, so anyway, interesting. Those are our those are nicknames. Um, back to back to our favorite <laughs> nickname, Mister Twix. Um, a man named Twix, indeed. So, I quite like the medium of this story being told in a pub, obviously, because it's one of those yes. stories where you say, oh, go on then, ask him why he's called Twix. And he's like, oh, yeah, I went to prison. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if we were to tell this story to a perhaps wider audience, mm. what, what kind of medium do you think? Because this is genuinely the first time I've heard this story, so I've had no time to think. That's okay. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to slightly lean on you here. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What medium would you tell this in? It's interesting. I think there's a lot of directions you could go with it. I think clearly we've attempted to recreate something similar to this on stage, where you're creating something that feels like dynamic and lots of like locations and different stuff, and you're trying to make, but you're trying to make it feel like you can move smoothly between one and the other, and and so I think it could potentially work as a stage show. I think there's a lot less to it than this than uh, the stage show we've created. I think that this really is ripe for a short film mm. of about twenty minutes long, because really the beats you want to hit are this person has to rob a store because they're they're in a, a tight spot they go and rob the store with this mars bar thing you know situation they get arrested they go to jail and then they become twix but the way to encapsulate that in a way that i think can tell that story as quickly as it needs to be told as well is that you use the framing as you say of this being told in a pub so you you begin mm. and end in the pub and I think that that would be a really neat way of being able to tell the story succinctly uh, and uh, and and in a way that's full of the sort of character of who this main character is uh, without having to give loads of exposition of who the main character is. Like as in their performance of telling the story in the pub is everything about who their character is that we need to know at the beginning without having to add loads of like fluff on the beginning to just explain. The question sort of wrapped up in that is when you're down the pub, you're if you tell a story 
about a person that's at the pub. It's normally not necessarily to humiliate them, but it's like, this is a fun thing about this person you know. And the problem with telling a story to a wider audience is that you don't know them any anymore. Yeah. It's, it's a character, and the less you know about the character, the less the less emotional attachment you feel when things happen to them, i.e. they go to jail. Um, they yeah. get a funny nickname. Um, and so I can see a version of like a short film of this where it's using this vehicle of this like quite entertaining thing to say something a little bit like you know les miserables or something to set to say something about you know the state of uh the state securities and support systems that lead someone to feel like they have to go into a carpet right and yeah i mean if we set this specifically in the 80s right this is a comment on thatcher britain yeah like easily uh, and, and like Wigan is the is a good location in order to sort of tell that story mm. um yeah I, I mean yeah you're, you're definitely right that there is something here about how do you connect us to that main character uh in a way that sort of like shows the injects of the pub but welcomes us into them rather than excluding us from them and I do wonder if actually the way you do that is through the narrative of it the person hearing the story uh, is the person who told me the story, um, you know, who is like a sort of teenager drinking with their dad and 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 his mates for the first time. Yeah. And so they need to be welcomed into the in-jokes and into that scenario. And maybe even actually the way you do it is in the opening scene. There's It's, it's him at the pub with his dad and his mates and there's loads of things flying back and forth that he doesn't understand. And he's like, mm. whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I don't understand any of this. And that's when they explain why he's called twix yeah that's very fun and you get those sort of like we're in the story and then like the camera sort of whips around and we're back in the pub i like that's always fun. yeah yeah um is there like a version because you said about how it's like a third hand story is there like a version where like we we either i don't know which one i want to do first but like we either first see this like absolutely batshit crazy story of this man who like walks in like holding 10 twixes throws them at the counter and says and says give me all your money or i'll twix the place up or i don't know some random (laughs) bullshit right and then we like go through the chinese whispers iterations in whichever direction we either start with the actual story or we go backwards or whatever to find like the truth of the of this kind of quite like mundane story but i think (laughs) i think that works if it's like nested within like a bigger story that's about something else and this is like a little mini side quest mystery that's part of it Um, yeah that's an interesting one i there is there is something exciting about the way i've been told the story that and mm -hmm. the way i in fact even more exciting the way you've just been told the story like you say it is like it is like fourth or fifth hand at this point and that's there is something really fun about that and there's maybe something we can do with that. Um, I wonder, though, what theme it is that we're trying to get at here. Um, you know, like, what is it that we want to tell people? I, I mean, I want this to be light and funny, but, like, what is it that we're telling people with this story of a person who, like, sticks up a carpet store of a Mars bar? Like, there is definitely stuff there about exploring what would put someone in that situation. I think that's a really, like, interesting thing to explore. Mm. And what situation are they left in afterwards? What good does putting them in jail for five years do? Yeah. Like, is, does that help them reintegrate into society? I don't know. Uh, but maybe there's even something there at the end. And you can tell me if you think this is uh, a bad use of this story. But uh, of of, like, this being about, like... The va- the va- I guess the value gotten in the story even playing out, if that makes sense. Like this guy Twix, has clearly been able to, he's clearly dined on this story for years in a way, you know. Yeah. And is there something about the value of the stories we create? I wonder if that then also like, I want that will be in, in competition though with the idea that actually like, I got a story out of it, but what is that really worth? Because uh, I still had to rob a place with a Mars bar. I was in that you know desperate situation yeah yeah that's really interesting especially in terms of like i don't know when you meet people who have had long-term like nicknames or like there's the one story they always tell or even like i'm thinking of um there's an interview this is a bit of a sidebar but there's an interview with katie perry where she's like i never sing firework right i fucking hate it because i'm (laughs) i'm just the firework gal and everyone's just there to see firework 
and I I hate it so much. And it's and like I feel like there's that sort of thing where like whenever I've ever come across people who feel like who feel externally like they're defined by one thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. a lot of them are celebrity examples that I've got in my head, but they get very frustrated by it and they don't they don't they don't really enjoy it. And so this I this idea of like this guy does or maybe he pretends to um yeah is also really interesting as well yeah that's and that's that's a tricky one isn't it because there is something really pleasing about being able to tell a story like that that's so captivating so compelling Mm. but there is something about like the 10th or 12th time you tell it you begin to go is that am i ever gonna be able to tell any other story again and the structure in which you tell it as well is it's it is like a very it's like a, it's a it, the structure of the story is the structure of a joke, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's, it's leading towards the punchline. Yeah, but the, the pun, yeah. but the punchline, the in between the setup and the punchline is five years in prison. You yeah, yeah. which <laughs> you isn't know? isn't all that funny. No, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I guess the difference being right, um, Katy Perry will tour and will play a concert every night for a hundred nights or something. Yeah. And every single night, they'll expect it to play Firework, right? You know, Led Zeppelin will have been asked to play Stairway to Heaven for the last, like, 30 years, 40 years or whatever. Yeah. Like, th- that becomes tedious. But actually, if it's, a, in some ways, an anecdote just gets wheeled out every now and then, I wonder if there's a, a freshness in every time you uh, you tell it. I don't mm, know. Mm. But maybe that, okay, maybe maybe we, what we're getting at is that there is, there is a sort of subtext here of... Uh, there's the immediate subtext of um of of like why is this man in this situation what was wigan in the 80s like all of this stuff which we would clearly need to do far more research uh, as ourselves being both from the south not from that period of time all of this uh you know not working class like it's there's a lot that we would need to learn in order to tell that story yeah but uh there's definitely subtext there but i wonder as well if there's a a subtext to the form that is like trying to investigate what is great about an anecdote but what is also like not great like the the trivialization of this man's you know experience going to prison is clearly like a problem but how do you tell this story if not you know especially if you're you know you're not someone who creates media how do you tell this story if not as an anecdote down the pub yeah and how many stories are out there like this, which are, are re- Hundreds well, are not relegated because I th- that's it, right? And I don't want to say they're relegated to anecdote in the pub because anecdote in the pub is probably the the most pure and most exciting way of telling a story. Yeah. So maybe actually what this short film is about is about elevating that form and saying, isn't it amazing when someone just tells you a crazy story in the pub? I don't know. Is there's there's I, I guess a few things at play there. Yeah, there's so many different thing different directions you can go with what what is it you're saying with the pub because there's also because i think going back to that question of like the the kind of trauma that's embedded in the joke is it does always feel like you know you know that thing people always say when something is happening when someone goes this will be a funny story later yeah and you go yeah but i'm going to prison for five years now yeah (laughs) so it's sort of not (laughs) and it's but but it's it's that interesting question of like okay but when when like because it's not when it's happening and it is in 10 years when so was it is it the day you got released is it when you got a job is it like and it's and if it's so interesting that relationship between like when a story becomes a story and not something happening to you um i've i thought have i told you the story of the the um the the blowjob in in the the in sri lanka <laughs> and papa new guinea do i want do i want to hear this story you probably don't you probably don't so there's nothing to do with me is probably i should probably uh <laughs> point out right now but this is another story i've heard like third hand um okay. where uh you've got two families okay and they are like family friends you know when you know when family classic romeo and juliet situation no not at all the Um, the opposite uh, uh, maybe yeah (laughs) um uh uh, what's the opposite of a family feud (laughs) 
Um, so uh, two families. So you know the kind of families that like. There's sometimes you have a family and they'll go, they'll always go on holiday with another family. You know that, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were on holiday. Um, but two of the kids of these families are coming of age. They are, you know, uh, I think they're like eighteen or said maybe a bit younger, yes. so seven, sixteen to eighteen, that kind of age. Um, and as you know, young people of that age might do, uh, even though they're family friends, they sort of became attracted to each other um and you know started a, a thing or on that yeah. holiday um and at one point the girl who is my friend's friend's friend which is how this is how this story has got to me uh, and and i was told this story four years ago now um so you know we're going we're going well back um she decides she wants to give the boy a blowjob Yes. Um, and so they're in their hotel room. So one family is on in the hotel room next door, and the other family is in the hotel room on the other side. So every the family's around, but you know, risk, risky move, risky reward, I guess. Um, and they uh, they do their thing, um, but unfortunately, she has contracted lockjaw um, oh. on this holiday, um, okay. and uh, I don't remember exactly what country that they were in, but somewhere in that in that area. Um, and uh it for some reason the simpsons decides to take effect as this is happening of course so she when else would they take effect so right exactly so she bites down on his penis and and cannot unbite and obviously they're Uh, screaming the whole family run into the room um and they see him and they see her and he has to go to hospital he has to have stitches he has to basically have it sewn back on um he has to take medication that stops him getting an erection because if he does the stitches will come out and he'll stop bleeding again um it's a great story <laughs> that is that is a horrible story <laughs> um and it's and it, you know it's a story for me um and it's a story for all the people that i've told it to since and the uh, the uh, the person that told me as well um but yeah for someone it's a real and also, it's a great story that is it is horrible. It does not, you know, it's yeah. not funny, but it is a great story to tell. Um, yes. And I guess what's interesting, though, okay, yeah, is the manner in which you were told that story. Mm. So, like, the manner in which I was told the story about the man called Twix is that, like, it was clear that he had told that story at some time as yeah. an anecdote. Now, was yours. Ah. Uh, clear that they had gone on to tell that story as an anecdote or does it seem as though this is like rumor gossip that's then been brought around third hand third a down, third good hand. point a very good point and because those know. are different things yeah well I don't and, know and, it, yeah and, and 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 look yeah either way you know obviously it's a good story to tell well i don't know <laughs> It's, yeah let's say it's a good story to tell um but i there is one version of that in which that is a a joke shared and there is one version of that in which that is a joke uh taken in a way does that make yeah, sense Yeah, no absolutely i think that that's a really good point in terms of taking ownership as well and deciding when not even through even because taking into account like pressure as well someone going oh tell him tell yeah. him what you did tell him what happened yeah um, yeah exactly yeah and finding how that ownership takes place, and I wonder yeah. is that and look, is... neither neither of us knows very much about either of our stories. No, right? we don't. No, like that's part of what's interesting about this conversation as well, and this conversation around like who who takes ownership of the stories. Is it good to be able to tell these stories? Do these, you know, we have no idea how these people probably feel about these stories, which is kind of interesting. Mm. I, I don't know. It's, it makes you think about like if if the thing we want to get at is like elevation of anecdotes as a storytelling form or an exploration of anecdotes as storytelling form like what but then what about when anecdotes are no longer told by you but they're told by someone else to someone else and then someone else tells that to someone else and so on yeah Which i guess comes back to the thing you were saying about chinese whispers before yeah and and it's and because i'm now in my head is another story which i cannot tell because it's just, i'm just too close to it but a story yeah. which i was told i think uh, mainly as you know a, a a a device for sort of catharsis and saying this thing has happened to me um and i want to yeah. tell you about it as my friend um 
And for that reason, I'm not going to say anything about it. But I'm thinking of that story because actually, if I were to retell it, it would be because it's really funny. And not, yeah. and not even though that person did tell me that story. And they haven't told me not to share it with anyone, or, or yeah. at least not with anyone they, they don't know. Um, yeah. But, it, um, yeah, there's so many... There's so many different things going on there i what i'm wondering yeah. now is 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 a short film the right way to investigate that issue or is it yeah i don't know is it a book maybe like maybe where we yeah we, we find different people's inner monologues around maybe a slightly larger event or this story but with more detail um, yeah i guess because when you were you mentioned about that idea of like us seeing like a third hand version of it and a second hand and then back to the first hand or something. I think in film, my concern, I guess there's, there's a way of doing that that doesn't feel repetitive in which like every single version is you also take a completely different, uh, style or, or director's, uh, take or, uh, even like infuse it with a different genre yeah uh, to tell the story right um but i do still worry that you're using the same visual language and the same techniques in order to tell it whereas in a book there's a way of doing this where we are telling the same story over and over again but maybe it's the story of following a story rather than following a character if, if that makes sense and and how the story changes and grows and shrinks again and how it develops over time and maybe the original story is well not even that it's nothing like the the, the final conclusion but maybe it's it's recontextualized and it's re-understood and if at first it takes place in thatcher's britain in wigan but by the end it's taking place in uh you know like i don't know a small town in america or something you know what i mean and things are changing about it along the way yeah and i yeah and there are examples of books doing things like that i'm thinking of um uh, the Man Booker winner, The Gospel According to Jesus Christ by Jose uh, Saramango, I believe. Yes, um, yeah. Which is like, what if the Bible was originally like uh, written in this sort of like gritty uh, from, I think it's from Joseph's perspective. Uh, mm. Like, here's a story that happened to me and my family. And then like, the implication is that the Bible is like 10 versions down the line of that. Um, yes yeah 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 and one yeah. and what's interesting about the bible right is it's um it's a library rather than a book like yeah. and in fact it is the same story told multiple times that's the, go the yeah, gospels exactly. are exactly the, yeah, go yeah. the gospels are indeed yeah and 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 yeah there's already and i think that that's something that like theologians today are still unpacking in fact have only recently really truly begun to unpack is this idea that like this is a series of books written by a bunch of different people from completely different perspectives and if you even take the gospels like the perspective the change in perspective according to uh you know, like the sort of how well-educated the people writing them would have been, how close to the event would they have been, all of these things. Uh, not to like harp on about the Bible for ages, but I think there is something fundamental about storytelling in there, right? And yeah. uh, I think that that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And and I guess coming back to that thing about like rumor and gossip and 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 like where do anecdotes go after they've left the mouth of their author? Um, like you know i guess it's about those boundaries of gossip and those boundaries of rumors and and when you've been told a story how do you begin to understand the, the boundaries of them especially if they were told down the pub like in a very casual setting how do you even find where those boundaries are as someone who might retell them you know again and again and again um and obviously there's plays that do a similar thing uh what's that play where it's a, a simpsons episode told through the apocalypse mr burns mr burns by ann washburn yeah i mean stuff like that is is not dissimilar i suppose it's um it's following the change of a story in in new contexts and 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 when like they've been told and retold and and things have been left off i mean there's definitely things about this story that i've told today on the podcast that are different from what the original would have been mm. or even different from what the telling that i heard would have been just because i've remembered it wrong or yeah. i've you know tried to like make it make a bit more sense in my head where there might have been a gap in the story or something like that so it's yeah it's interesting how so how how do we do this <laughs> I, well, I don't know whether we have to find an answer. I like. I, I'm, no, I guess. That's, not. I guess that's a new question for this podcast: is whether we do have to find an answer. Because when you were talking before about that idea of 
multiple versions of the same story in film um yeah. i was thinking of there's several episodes of bob's burgers um which i don't know if you've seen um but there's several episodes where uh one of the three belcher kids like needs to be convinced of a thing or maybe the teacher yeah. needs to be convinced of a thing and then like three characters and it's, it's always three characters have to like make up a story or pre- present events in a way that will convince them of the thing and mm. they always essentially tell a completely different story yes. that is just trying to get out at the same thing or even at a slightly different thing to try yeah. and convince the one the most recent one i think is like um they're trying to make gene not like food because he has a stomach bug um, right 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 and so like one of them tells a story about how like this evil carrot did a thing and then the, and etc etc but they all actually yeah, get yeah, at something yeah. else completely different um and so i wonder whether what what we make this is a sort of maybe going back to to a short film is it's it's you know some people around a pub table and they've all got their own anecdote yeah and they are sort of telling them at the same time you know oh back to my story back to my story yeah and as it goes they ramp them up to in sort of competition with each other to sort of try and win the anecdote off Mm, and we try and find ways there's definitely a sense in those social settings that there is a one-upmanship mm. to telling your own stories and telling your anecdotes. And someone tells an anecdote and you go, oh, this reminds me of a thing. And there's a little bit of you secretly in the back of your mind that goes, that's even funnier than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting. I That does... You have made me think of two other potential branches for this, okay? Okay, okay. The first one being a kind of surrealist uh, take on it where it's a group of people who have met in the pub and they're telling anecdotes and they each tell an anecdote in order. But what becomes clear is every single one of them is telling the exact same anecdote as if it uh, happened to them. Um, that's cool. That could that's even be cool. like a short stage play or something. That would yeah. be kind of funky. And they're all telling it slightly differently, but it, what's, what's entirely, they're, they're all like, they've all put themselves in the position of the protagonist in the same anecdote and they're telling it as if it's their anecdote yeah. to each other. Um, um, or is anyway, there like an extra person that they're telling to tr- for a reason and they're trying to yes oh is it like a is it like an i am spartacus situation where they're like trying to convince, <laughs> i don't know like a lawyer Maybe. to take one of their cases or like yeah yeah or or like there's a or a local journalist to write a story about them or something like that yeah and they're like <laughs> anyway so it's three it's it's like twix uh uh whisper and double decker uh, yeah it's, it's all, it's, <laughs> and they've, uh, all convince, <laughs> they've all got to convince Willy Wonka to make <laughs> them the chocolate man. <laughs> um, so, look, that, that's one thought. Yeah. Um, the other thought is I was thinking about um, the film Oh Breville, Where Art Thou uh, by the Coen brothers, uh-huh. uh, which is a retelling of the Odyssey, uh, but uh, Joel and Ethan Coen did not read the odyssey uh they you know they didn't read Homer's odyssey they just they just used what they knew about the odyssey to write an adaptation of it right right so here's a thought what if you and i (laughs) knowing that this story is already like third or fourth hand we find an exciting filmmaker yeah that we want to work with yeah so what we and what we do is we we get we tell them the story and then we say can you write a version where it's it's Twix is sat in the pub and he's telling this young man the story of of this uh, anecdote, right? Can you make a film of that? Then, can you find a filmmaker and can you tell them the anecdote and then ask them to make a version where the young man is telling a bunch of his mates about uh, this anecdote? Then can that filmmaker find another <laughs> filmmaker, and so on and so on, and 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 hopefully what you build is a natural, a real organic version of people deciding to tell a story completely differently based on the version of it that they've heard. Right, right, okay, I understand. It's like and a maybe, style ma- thing. And maybe and like you a... put this together in a in a film, but also maybe like the the way that might be the the most interesting to present this is a series or like a web series on youtube or something right okay and they're all like six or seven minutes long 
and each of them is the next step away from that original story right okay and it was so it's like chinese whispers the series and it's like and you could yeah do you could do it with a few different stories i like yeah. that i actually really like that i there's i think there's more control you need to exert over it in some way of course um but i think that could be very fun i love how because what i've just realized we might want to cut this but what i've just realized is that like actually that's how we write our plays in, yeah. in both for both of the plays that we've written uh based on true stories there or that you've written there ha- has been a book written about the events and for reasons of not being sued neither of us have read either of those books um yeah. which whereas i Homer's not going to sue the Coen brothers. I'm not sure what they were thinking no, about. No, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, but... it's more an exercise, though, isn't it, right? It's... Yeah. Because yeah. they, they also don't, like, set it in ancient Greek, Greece. They set it in, like, t- like Prohibition America. Right. And uh, so, like, yeah. But, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Is it, it, we've, we've done that, where we, it's, it's like we've just found whatever scraps of evidence of the story we can find without, like, delving into anything that's not public information. Mm. Uh, you know, anything that's owned like yeah and i guess there's something interesting so everything we've written it kind of feels like hearsay in a way yeah Uh, which is cool i think because that's how most stories are told yeah like almost every story is hearsay unless you're hearing it from the person who actually experienced it and actually uh uh i i feel as though a lot of stuff recently particularly theater but potentially some film as well has recently and not for worse i'm not saying it's for worse but has recently gone in this direction where much of what's being created is people telling their own story directly without any sort of frills or anything like they're just telling their story which is really exciting and i think there's something really cool about this sort of autobiographical direction but I don't know. There's something about a story that is hearsay that I really, really like. And I think it's in a way I find that more exciting Mm. because it's like, I'm not hearing it from, you know, from the actual person I'm hearing it through a filter and each version, each step away, you, you get another filter added on and you have, and, and it's you as the audience that has to unpick that to understand what the story is at the heart of it. Yeah. And, and, I think the the move towards autobiography in those art forms has come from a sort of fear of of um, uh, is it ambivalent? What's the opposite of benevolent? Malevolent <laughs> of male- malevolent fi- filters. Malevolent, yeah, of, yeah, the, yeah. Fear, a fear of malevolent filters that are trying to filter in a way in which uh, it says something that they don't want to. They don't want their story to say, which again yeah. is part of what we're saying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but but I think we're using form to explore that. Yeah, and, and and to and and to understand that that is a part that is a part of storytelling, though, right? Like, you know, like okay, we both saw the Batman this week. <laughs> There's Matt Reeves in creating the Batman has used modern day, uh, you know, issues of social media, incel culture, all of these things to filter the Batman through it. Now, the people that wrote the Batman in like the 30s. Mm. they might not be happy with that first of all they'd be very confused they'd have no idea what's going on (laughs) but like so i think there's something there about stories evolve stories change and they sometimes change over 100 years but sometimes they can change over two or three weeks right like this is part of storytelling and uh and some of those filters are like you say aren't malevolent they are for the worst um but sometimes it can just bring a story into a fresh light in a way that it wasn't before, which is exciting. It's something that should be explored. Yeah. Um, I want to be clear. I'm not bashing like, you know, one person plays based on those person's real experiences because some of those plays, well, a lot of those plays are really, really exciting pieces of theater. But I just think as well, like you then lose sight of other ways of telling stories sometimes when when that becomes the dominant uh way of telling a story in a certain sector of of british theater on that note uh shall we shall we bring this to a close i would love um, to i was I, you just brought up the batman considering we've you've dated it now shall shall yeah. we like do a, a wreck thing or do we want to not do a wreck thing i feel i don't know i'm feeling loosey-goosey maybe we maybe we just 
Maybe we just say we both like the Batman. <laughs> I think maybe that's our rec sec section. The rec sec. The, the rec. Um, the, rec the, w- one, the one sec rec sec. Shin. <laughs> The Listener, if you ever want to make a podcast, make sure you have no conversations about the content of it when you yeah. decide to make a change before yeah. you start. Make sure recording. it's all on air. Yeah, I think we should call it. The, I do think we should call it the recommendation rection. <laughs> uh, all right, this week's recommendation is the Batman from me and Jake. <laughs> uh, because we're real indie um yeah no so actually cool. no well i let me tell you about my experience watching the batman because i think it's fun um i this is yeah. going to ge- locate me as opposed to date me um okay but uh i went to watch you the batman. To dox yourself yeah that's right i went to watch the batman i left i left my flat at <laughs> <laughs> i i went to watch the batman uh, at a lovely cinema near cancel rise um called the lexi which uh, I found mm. out is the only community interest company theatre in London. Um, wow. And it's very cool. It's like run, uh, the kind of day-to-day is run by volunteers and all of their profits go to a charity in South Africa. Um, and it was a lovely, lovely, lovely experience. And I'm going to go there a lot now. Um, and I just wanted to sort of say, look out for things like that in your yeah. community where like you don't have to go i'm not saying there's nothing i'm nothing wrong with the multiplex you know yeah but yeah yeah yeah. it's something that i've only discovered recently is like there are still community like setups for this like this sort of thing out there um and they can be yeah. found um if, so you, that's, if you seek them out yeah exactly my rec is um love your neighbor as yourself um this has become a really christian it. episode <laughs> <laughs> especially for me who is not a christian um, yeah 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 i um, i um i actually went to this little known uh little oh, cinema no. oh no <laughs> little i believe they're a small chain called cine world <laughs> fuck you did you see a little a little known film called the avengers there is that yeah was the, no yeah. i i saw the biggest film of this year so far the batman instead <laughs> oh okay well fair enough um uh, yeah, well that you know wasn't what? fun um uh, yeah. um my my big takeaway i think jeffrey wright is an incredible actor I saw him, he was in The Batman, and he was very good. And he was also in The French Dispatch recently, and he was very, very good in that. Who was Jeffrey Wright in The Batman? I don't think I know Jeffrey Wright. Oh, he's uh, Gordon. Ah, oh yeah, he was very good. He was very, very good. Um, Well, there we go. Fantastic. Okay, um, Caleb, uh, if yes. people want to find you on the interwebs, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd if you want to re- read my review of The Batman. I'm on all three of those platforms at Caleb Lebster. That's C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R. Jake, where can people find you online? I am soon to solve this problem with a handy little website, which I'll just give in future, <laughs> but not quite ready. Uh, so until it is, you can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Mori. Mori is spelled M-O-R-R-Y. Or you can find me on Instagram at Jakey Mori. Or you can mm. find me on uh, Letterboxd at Jake Reesh. That's J-A-K-E-R-E-E-S-H. And we are Maybe You Like It Productions, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Maybe You Like It. That's with the letter U. Or you can find us on Facebook at Maybe You Like It Productions. That's with the word U. Or you can visit our website at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or drop us an email at info at maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. And please do feedback and let us know what you think of uh, us kind of... F- broadening the horizons a little bit um and do feel free to please rate us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts including now the wonderful spotify slash not wonderful at all spotify um but <laughs> <laughs> i have no uh, <laughs> i i didn't mean to express an opinion on spotify um uh, it's just we never like or dislike spotify yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah. um brilliant well maybe you like that maybe you didn't That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't.